0: What is up everyone and welcome to subjectively speaking my name is jeremy paul
1: and i'm laura norman and this is episode 32 game 38 the columbus blue jackets versus the tampa bay lightning um in what was a really really great game that we lost so that sucks
0: yeah it's not every time you can say that right (laughs) like
1: yeah it was It was, it was a bummer. It was a bummer because we played well. It was probably the most cohesive 60 minutes of hockey that I've seen this season. It was the best game that a lot of players had so far this season. Um, It was actually better than how we played on Tuesday when we won against the lightning um and it was just some stupid mistakes um that as zach wierenski said in his post-game interview allowed us to find a way to lose
0: which like is so funny to hear and it almost sounds weird to hear when this team talks so often about, like, finding a way to win. Like, that, that was impressive to me. And when this happens, like, when this kind of thing happens during game three, during game eight, you're totally fine. What you don't want to see happen is when that happens in game 38, when you're when you're doing everything you can to secure a playoff spot, um, which I, again, and that's, still...
1: And that's game 38 of a 56-game season.
0: Correct, yeah. Game 38 of an 82-game season, which I... And maybe it's just because we're recording podcasts that like make me really realize the length of a season and like how many games there actually are because like, we're taking time to like actually like chat about it every time. Um, 82 is a lot. <laughs> so it like is. We would not even be halfway done with the season yet. Isn't that crazy to think um, obviously it'd be much more spaced out, but still like, that's just like wild to me to like, think about like, what are we going to do? Like, girl, you better, you better get ready to put up with me 82 times next year, give or take get excited i'm pumped and maybe even more than 82 if they make the playoffs so it's not
1: happening this year so like
0: yeah and i i still tend to agree with you it's just so fascinating like you you go through like the way the the conversation has changed so much over the course of the last 96 hours where it was like after that weekend series or lack thereof i guess in detroit um It's like, oh my God, sell the whole team, burn the ship down, like this, that, and the other. And then you scroll through Twitter, like tonight, like even after this loss, and it's like, the Jackets still have two more games against Dallas, two more games against Nashville, two more, three more games against Detroit. Like, this isn't over. Hey, need I remind everyone that you can't point? And I know what people are saying, like, it's a chance to get points back against people. We were one and five against Dallas or Detroit, Jesus, H. Nashville. I know we're not exactly one in five because I think there's an overtime loss or two in there somewhere, but like, we're not. This is not a good track record to say, like, oh, like we have these teams. I'm actually more excited to keep playing Florida and Tampa because we show up to those games. I don't know what's going on, but we do, um except for when we don't, except for when Florida killed us. But like, I yeah. I don't know. Like it's fascinating the way that the like perspective and like the perceptions have changed over the course of the last 96 hours on Twitter.
1: Yeah. I think it's I think it's hard to in the position that we're in because there are four teams vying for one spot in the playoffs and pretty much all four of those teams have like the same skill set and skill level at this point. So it's really just like a splitting hair sort of situation unless one of these four teams, us included, really starts to pull away. um, It's gonna come down to the very end and they're gonna determine it by some like ridiculous thing. Because we're all too close to... Because right now, three of those four teams, we all have the same number of points. We all have 37 points.
0: Um, Nashville and Chicago have 39. We have 36, and Dallas has 34.
1: Oh, well, then whatever thing that they were showing before wasn't correct.
0: Yeah, it's... Yes. You might have seen you might've been looking at games played because before tonight we all had 37 games played Mm, and then, and now we have 38 games played and then Dallas has three games or four games less played. So that might've been what you saw, which is important. Like when you look at it, like Dallas is 34. So Dallas has got four games in hand and they're only two points behind us. I think like, like I look at this right now and I would, if if you told me to put money on a team to make the playoffs, I I would probably put money on Dallas between, between Nashville, Chicago, Columbus, and, and uh, Dallas. I mean, Dallas's issue is that they play so much hockey. Like they play four more games in the stretch than the jackets will, but like for them to handle, I'm pretty sure they won both games against down or Detroit. Oh my God. What am I doing? Nashville. They won both of their games against Nashville. Um, that's the second time I've done that with specifically Nashville. I'm just trying to, like, forget them. I'm, like, repressing Nashville in my brain. Sorry, Steven. Oh, we still
1: have to play them two more times.
0: Yeah, I know. God, I need to text Steven to make sure he's still down. Steven, if you're listening, shoot me a text, bud. Um, so, um, So, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens there. Because I, I'm going to throw it back over to you. And I'm going to look at the odds for, like, winning the Central. I actually don't know if they have him. We'll see. Stay tuned. I've been really into a betting kick, which we can talk about. But
1: Yeah, I was going to say, when you did mention putting money on it, I was about to be like, and don't worry, he will, because that's been his thing over the course of the last week.
0: Let's go Buffalo, baby. I'm a rich man because of the Buffalo Sabres. He won
1: $85 yesterday because the Buffalo Sabres finally won a fucking hockey game. So, the best
0: part about that is that's the first time I ever bet on them, so it's not like I was like losing all my money from when, you know, like they were true. losing. We would be years, having you know?
1: much different conversations if you were a betting person on the Buffalo Sabers this entire season, because even as Columbus Blue Jackets fans, you'd be thankful you aren't a Buffalo fan because that is some rough waters over there
0: but I know you're never never supposed to do it but it makes me wonder like should I just bet against the blue jackets like every game because then I'm going to be happy one way or another I know that's not what you're supposed to do I know doing that is like bad juju but listen I you don't hate it
1: I know I do hate it (laughs) just (laughs) I, I don't know why you would want to put more negative energy towards the team that we have a podcast about.
0: I, okay. Two things we can argue there, right? One, you know my luck. So I would argue that I'm actually putting positive energy toward the Blue Jackets if I'm betting against them because it means I will lose money. So I'm going to argue in the counter, following up by saying, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, because uh, as someone who's about to graduate from grad school and does not yet have a job, I don't really think that you need to lose any money either. Uh,
0: this is not a conversation we've had yet, but I definitely got t- uh, told the other day that uh, my program of study was incorrect and I need to get that f- uh, fixed so I can graduate. So I might be graduating at the end of this month. Stay tuned, everyone. Um, if not... I will be living on Laura's couch. Love that. Um, Which is also not true. He has a room here. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. Still, like, the bed is a futon, so it's still a couch. And I like the drama of saying living on your couch. Okay. So let me have that.
1: It is a futon.
0: If I'm <laughs> unemployed, let me have sleeping on the couch. Okay. You
1: can I, feel like,
0: I feel like I can have that. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, um, the columbus it's and i'm calling them the columbus blue it's tonight that's what i'm doing because if john tortorella had his way there would be no jack in jackets um because apparently everybody played a good game except for jack Rossovic. but we don't want to call anybody out uh, he's not going to criticize anybody um 99 of the team played well which that's just bad math first of all let's talk about that
1: oh, i don't think you did he say
0: 99 yeah <laughs> He did. He was like, That's not accurate. That's not good math. That's not good math, John. If we're going to be mean, at least let's be accurate. It's like 90, like three point something. Let's get it right.
1: I would have given it a solid 87%. (laughs) David Savard basically scored Tampa's winning goal.
0: Hey, two for two in the series.
1: He needs to score for his own team, not. Our
0: opponents. He was just like, "If I, let me take it however I can get. He just got told that he's being traded to Tampa, but he just didn't know when that took place. And so he was like, now? No, not yet, David. Ew, hey, David. Not
1: funny. I'm not officially prepared.
0: I think it was a good joke. Let us know in the rate review and comment section because I think that was good. <sighs> just saying.
1: So, yeah, back to a game that was played well, but unfortunately lost. Eric Robinson finally got a goal. Happy for him.
0: Him having five goals this year feels fake.
1: Again, I told you that a lot of them are empty net goals.
0: It doesn't matter, though. Like, to me, like, it still feels fake. I mean, it matters, obviously, but, like, that just doesn't sound real.
1: I mean, Zach Wierenski has, I think, five goals now.
0: Yeah, he does. Zach does. The The players with five goals on the Blue Jackets are Zach Wierenski, Max Domi, Eric Robinson, and Kevin Stenlund. So take with that what you will. That's just fascinating to me. Um, and Cam and Oliver have 13. That is true. They do have that. Wow. That's Our two
1: highest scorers have 13 goals
0: on the season. Eric Robinson has played in every game. Uh, yeah. What? Why did I feel like he had been scratched at some points during this? This season makes no damn sense to me. I'm... He's played in every game.
1: I mean, he went from not thinking, like, people not thinking he was going to play at all to playing every game.
0: I just have to say that I really thought he had been scratched in some games. Like, that's crazy to me that he was never one of the people that got scratched. Good for him. Um, No, it's typically Mikhail Grigorenko which i'm very okay with like if you ask me like between the two like which one do you want to see on the ice more i definitely probably say eric robinson i have to say too like let me go back and like backtrack and make it like not sound like i hate eric robinson this is not a stefan matthew moment i am very much okay with eric robinson everybody talked about how when eric robinson made his debut um with the blue jackets i actually think it was like the last game of the regular season against nashville like two or three years ago um how excited they were because this guy like really reminded them of like a josh anderson type and like if that's the case and if that's true then like this actually is possibly gonna work with him playing up it's just a matter of like laura and i were talking before we started the podcast and i'm like i just don't have and in the same way that i had riley nash nowhere near my bingo board for being the number one center of this team like I also have Eric Robinson nowhere near my bingo board in terms of being the number one winger on this team, like playing alongside um, <laughs> Patrick Laine, like just not what I had clocked. But like, the more I think about it, like you look at like Washington system and a lot of success, like a lot of the times when they've found success, it has been at the expense or the reality of Tom Wilson playing with Alexander Ovechkin. Tom Wilson is a piece of human excrement. Like, there's no denying that. and That's not what I'm saying. But it's a very similar, like, aggressive, like, fast, like, four-check, like, good defensively kind of player. And so maybe it works. And maybe it will work. But who knows? It was
1: pretty well tonight. But, you know, we'll see if that's the situation when we drive the few hours south
0: to face the Panthers. On Saturday. I do wonder if they drive or fly.
1: If they fly, that's such a waste, but they probably do. They flew to Detroit, so...
0: Oh, God, then yeah, right. Like, I feel like they have to. I feel like it's probably in the CBA that they don't have bus trips.
1: Well, and with COVID, I'm sure that...
0: That's probably true, too. The they only don't people that probably getting don't... Out. They probably don't fly, like like, those, like, New York, like, obviously, like, the Rangers and Islanders do not fly to, to their away games against each other. No, they
1: take the subway.
0: But then you have, like, that also, like, Philadelphia. They probably fly from Philadelphia to New York. Um, but, like, that whole, like, area is just so close. Like, that would be such a short flight. Um, but.
1: Again, yeah. I'm telling you, it
0: take it took
1: them longer to reach proper flying altitude to go to Detroit than it did to actually fly to Detroit.
0: Oh, without a doubt. Like, without a doubt. And this is coming from the guy who's driving to Detroit tomorrow. So. But you're already in Michigan, so. Yeah, I'm just in the... I'm just north of. So, it's a good time. But, yeah, and it's cold. Let me tell you. Not fun. Snow? April? Joke. Um... But what's not a joke is that the season is quickly coming to an end. Um, After tonight's game, we have 18 games left. So obviously things are going to start to get real. The Blue Jackets are looking at, um, yeah, I mean, this one just sucks. Because for the people who are still holding out hope, and I know you exist, and I and I hope that you listen to our podcast because I feel like we need at least some of that positive energy um, listening to it. I actually think Laura and is, like, still afraid to tell me, but I feel like there is still a piece of her that thinks this team can make the playoffs and wants this team to make the playoffs. I know it, but she's just really afraid to admit it, and that's okay. The silence is deafening. I'm
1: going to plead the fifth.
0: Yeah, I know she's still holding out hope. And I know that like the last like few weeks of the season are gonna be really detrimental to her mental health. And so I think <laughs> like like as we like move forward, it's gonna be fascinating to see if this team is gonna do the thing that it does sometimes. Um, but you know, I think what's fascinating is a tweet that I saw too that's like there are guys playing for their jobs, like there are guys who are like recognizing that their spot on this team is probably in jeopardy like I don't know if that's like been verbatim told to anybody um if it hasn't been like certainly the just general sentiment is there and so I'm sure that that's going to influence play here over the course of the next few weeks I hope it does um well
1: and I think I mean even though from what they you know say in their interviews and even the, you know, improvement over the last couple of days, like, I don't, I think that you would be remiss as a player on this team to not think that the second this season ends, whether it's at the regular season end at the beginning of May, or if it's after some team destroys us in the first round of the playoffs, um, that there's going to be a huge shift in what we know of as the Columbus Blue Jackets and Mm -hmm. yeah there's going to be changes before that because obviously we're going to talk here in a second about the looming trade deadline Um, but I think the blood's in the water a little bit and there's going to be a lot of changes that come and I think the players are starting to recognize that as the season you know because even if you know even if we don't trade him like rumors have said like there's potential Nick is not going to resign to lose your captain is a definite interesting thing um based on literally everyone on Twitter exception of a couple of people i feel like if torch doesn't leave um that people will riot although because we did see a very strange and upsetting tweet about someone wanting to organize people to
0: go protest i mean it does happen in sports what i said it does happen i don't i can't say that i'm on i will be on the front lines but I do remember many a day before you came around, Lorla, when they literally would stand, there'd be people who would stand outside a nationwide arena before every home game. And there's like probably like anywhere from like eight to 12 people who would always have the same banner that was like fire Mike Priest, like tell Mike Priest to fire so-and-so, like do this, do that, do that. And it was like every game like incessantly. So like I saw that tweet and like I was like, oh my God, like it reminds me of like the and like four, 2005. 2011 2012 blue jackets where it's like oh yes fire everybody oh my god nostalgia like it's like i miss it well and, little- I under- and i
1: understand and i understand and then you know one of the things i love most about being a blue jackets fan is the great passion that fans have um about things that occur with the team um but i, just- I in a time and i'm gonna i'm gonna levy back or rewind the tape a bit to, you know, what we've said in previous episodes, we're fucking lucky right now to even have hockey. There are so many reasons regarding the situation that our world is in and still in and will be in for a while dealing with COVID that it's, you know, it's a miracle that we've been able to have a season at all it's a miracle that we are one of the few teams that has not been affected um, greatly by COVID. And so to see things like that, it's like down the line, like, yes, whatever team wins the cup this year, their name is still going to be on the cup, just like it would be anytime. But most most teams, I think, are going to be like, let's just not talk about the 2021 season, like we're just gonna pretend that it just like didn't happen. Um, But also the idea of inciting a protest that's about a trivial matter like a professional coach um, during a global pandemic is not a good look. There are much bigger and more serious things to protest if you're gonna protest right now. So don't be that person, please.
0: I do agree, but if you do choose to be that person, just make sure you do it masked and socially distanced and and all that kind of fun stuff. Wear your blue jackets, masks as you go down. It's my biggest thing, because listen, whatever you gotta do to get through the pandemic, y'all, and if, it, if that's protest, it's not going to be sponsored by us, but, but go off, I guess. <laughs> like, let me know what Yarmouth says. Um, but yeah, I think, um, oh man, I had something to say and I totally lost it. And that's okay. Because it, it was nowhere near as important as, as the very true like words that you're speaking because you're so right. Like, it's like, let's just recognize but like at least we have escape which is very nice um i think too um oh my gosh my train of thought got shot amazing love that did you what did what did you say before that you said something and it sparked something in my head Oh, uh, you were talking about the changes, and I was gonna say, did you have you seen that meme, the like big brain move meme? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, where it's like one shows like it's like four images of a brain, and like one shows very little brain stimulation, the next one shows like s- like progressively more out of the four. You okay. know what I'm about? I don't know,
1: that. I don't think I've seen
0: it, but I might. I'll retweet it for everybody. It <laughs> and the first brain is like low low stimulation. It just says fire towards, and the next <laughs> one is like slightly more and it says um fire towards and coaching staff i think and then the next one is uh fire towards yarmo and the coaching staff and then the next one like the very big one is those three it's kind of like do you remember when you did fundraisers in uh, like elementary school middle school and like you're like which with, with each prize t- uh tier like you still got the prizes in the last year mm-hmm. it's very much that energy but with firing towards yarmo and the coaches um, and then it, and then the final thing then says uh trade um <laughs> you're gonna hate it um trade cam nick boone um david savard and like riley nash and like recognize that, like that's the old blue jackets identity of hockey and the new era is beginning and that was like the biggest brain move <laughs> like, i laughed i thought it was funny yeah no i'm not on board
1: with that i also am not on board with i don't super get people who are like fire yarmo
0: um i could have that talk i could have that talk about yarmo i could be down i
1: mean i guess we can but like i could have it the devil's make advocate sense to me he's not the coach he does talent acquisition and the combination but, we have right now just isn't working
0: yeah I think that it's one year. I think the thing that I've heard a lot over the course of the last few weeks, and I think it's worth talking about and like worth like analyzing is like, we've heard when, um, and I might've said this. I don't know if I said this to you or like, if I said it on a podcast, but we heard for a couple of years, um, it was mostly when we were doing, when we were making the trades for like the Zingle for Duchesne, um, let's not forget also like the trades for like Adam McQuaid and then the trade for um, Keith Kincaid, right? Like all of that stuff, like all of the assets that we lose, like in in that stretch. Um, And I didn't realize how much we actually gave away to the Rangers to acquire Adam McQuaid, who like, if y'all remember, right. Like didn't even finish the season with the blue jackets because he took a really shitty hit. um, That ended his career. Yeah. Right. His career. And so he, like really, only played like Tom a handful Wilson, of games. Piece like, of shit. Correct. Sorry. Um. So. Um. So yeah. So he like, we traded away two draft picks, and and one of the draft picks was a fourth round pick, I think, or maybe a third round pick, who just signed his entry level contract with the Rangers. Um. And so like all those things that were traded away, like you're gonna start to see like the fruits of those labors like come to fruition over the course of the next couple of years so like you have all of that talent that like were just picks at the time that are gonna you're gonna be able to start putting faces to the names or faces to the picks and it's gonna be like oh damn that guy ended up being a good prospect like we could have had him which is not how that works like it's a lot more complicated than that but like still like do you know what i mean but then on top of that when all of that was happening it was like our prospect pool is very strong because we might not necessarily have those guys, like the like the picks and the guys that are like our middle prospects that we could see transforming into NHL talent, but the guys that we have are already the guys that are here. Those are the prospects that we have. The Alexander Texiers, the ML Bemstroms. Uh, those are the guys that we're looking at as being our core prospects. And uh, mm, <laughs> I think some talent was over-evaluated there. Like, I don't think Texier is necessarily like, a star like an nhl star like i think he's a very formidable nhler emil bemstrom is not like his game has not translated to north america at all um and then the rest of our prospect pool like you look at it and like they're all in russia and who's to say that like they any of them are going to be over here anytime soon like daniel tarasov made his way over like and he's supposedly supposed to be as good if not a better prospect than we were talking about elvis a couple of years ago so it's like I don't know like you could uh, you could have a discussion i think about like the asset management piece of this like it's very clear that when yarmo is able to make moves and like bring people in he does a good job but like what he's really good at scouting getting people in hasn't like was it always just good on paper and now that we're putting paper to the ice it's like ooh. Maybe it's not like maybe it's not as
1: good. Well, I mean, this is me just not knowing a whole lot about that side of things, but you know, and obviously, this is is a we are two people that um, appreciate John Tortorella and all that he has done for this franchise, and you know what he continues to do. But I don't think it is, I don't think that you can say that there's not a coaching problem and maybe the reason why, and I'm not talking about torts like yelling and like, like that's not the kind of coaching problem I'm talking about. The kind of coaching problem I'm talking about is the style of play does not suit the skill levels of the players that we have now. It was better suited for the jackets of two to three years ago, which is fine. Um, so I guess I just don't quite yet understand contemplating, you know, shipping Yarmo out when I don't know that the talent is one hundred percent the problem and being the person to be like, if this is who we're gonna be working with, then we need to find a coach, a coaching staff and a coaching style that better suits their abilities. I mean, obviously we've seen that like, something's wrong with Patrick Line, unless it was just a whim that he performed so well in Winnipeg, but like, that seems like an awfully long whim um, you know, and so, yeah, as much as I love and appreciate torts, I'd rather consider making a change in that area before I was like, let's get rid of Yarmo, Um, cause a whole rebuild like that, like that final brain stage or whatever that you were describing, like, that's just trash. Like, that's just a bunch of people who don't, who just want the team to play like we're the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, that's not a thing. Like, you can't just wipe out the core group of players because you need veteran players. You need adaptable veteran players that can adapt to a potential new coaching system. But you need veteran players to some extent in order to teach – and to encourage and to support a whole bunch of younger players. You can't have just a whole team full of brand new NHLers or people who've only been in the league for a couple of years because they don't know what they're doing. They're still learning and they still have a bunch of attitude problems, i.e. Pierre-Luc Dubois And I don't know. It's just frustrating me. I'm really a bummer this episode.
0: Um, I have some feelings, but that's okay. I love the feelings podcasts.
1: But no, it just doesn't, like, it just doesn't make any, like, and I know that we're all just internet GMs and internet coaches and whatnot, but I just think it's a really misplaced, like, uneducated or uninformed. Uneducated is such a harsh way to describe it, but, like, uninformed way of looking at things and you know and that's something I think that I've garnered from doing this from doing this where I have to pay attention to what's going on and I have to be more diligent about understanding why why certain things occur why certain things happen or why you know it would make sense to do this that or the other thing like and I know not every fan has the time or the energy or the want and need to do that kind of stuff, but it's just frustrating to see a lot of those things when you're like, you're just not like, that's, that's not how that works um, sort of stuff. So, you know, I don't know, but I definitely think that there are changes that can be made that are less dramatic than getting rid of both the GM and the entire coaching staff and the core group of veteran players, which I know that this would never happen anyway, but nonetheless, that seems ridiculous and drastic.
0: Memes are going to meme, you know?
1: True. I'm sorry that your meme apparently sent me to a place.
0: It did, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, So I think in kind of like thinking through, I think you're right. Like, obviously the talent doesn't match. I think that excuse is like if the next head coach doesn't have success here like then you have to start wondering like about yarmo and like his decisions and stuff because also like if you read some of yarmo's quotes and stuff like that like i think the reason why yarmo has supported john so much first names we're just using first names here i guess um is because I think like Yarmo appreciates that style of hockey. Like I really do like Yarmo in the NHL at least like was with the St. Louis Blues who has always been known to play like that style of hockey. Like he comes in and, and the initial core group of people that he builds this team around initially with John Tortorella. Well, obviously like he was here before John Tortorella, but like it is one that four checks. It's an aggressive team. It's hard to play against. It's defensively sound. It's just that and the other. And I almost wonder if he's like played himself out of his comfort zone, like with players. Like, I don't know if that's true. I like, I am very unfamiliar with Yarmouk Kalanian as a person. I think he does that on purpose, but like it, it is like, I, I look at it and I'm like, have you, and, and has he been forced to make those moves? And I think the answer to that question is yes. Like, I mean, like I don't think it's what he would want to do, but I, I do like think that this team is like outside of his comfort zone. And I think, Um, you know, he's gonna have to embrace that, and hopefully, he's gonna bring in somebody who's gonna help him to embrace that, and who is going to put a product out on the ice that's going to be cohesive enough to show Yarmo that you can have a mix of both. Because I I agree with you, like not every team can be the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Toronto Maple Leafs and just go out and have you know millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on its first you know, two pair or two lines in their top six and just, like, win Stanley Cups. Obviously, like, you see, like, Tampa Bay didn't win a Stanley Cup until they had a line that very much resembled, um, you know, a line that would probably be similar to a lot of the lines that you see with the Blue Jackets in, like, a Nick Felina, Boone Jenner kind of a line. And to me, like, that's part of this team's issue right now. And the way that it's currently built is, like, there are a lot of, like, quote-unquote third lines that like you would build like add to an already existing really talented and deep forward pool and win a stanley cup with not like this team has that really solid top six it's gonna like win your stanley cup they just need to bring in a couple pieces that's where like i don't hate the idea of like blowing out the core group of vet like not blowing them out, but, like, I, I'm not as attached to, like, that group that, like, so so deeply symbolizes Blue Jackets hockey. Like, for me, like, as long as you keep veteran guys like Cam, I think you keep your two, like, big defensemen, obviously. Like, but then after that, like, I'm like, you know, change is hard, but change happens. Um, and I'm not just throwing you the Cam bone. Like, I actually believe that.
1: I mean, I, I was gonna say that you were just throwing it so that you wouldn't upset me, but
0: No, I I believe it though. No, I do actually believe it, like I do.
1: Well, and I I don't know. This is just all like I and it's probably because I just I'm s I'm newer to learning all this sort of stuff, but you know, it's the kind of stuff that people don't understand about, you know, because for the last couple of weeks it's been like well, what, what would we give, you know, what could we give away to get like Jack Eichel from the Sabres or whatever? And people are like, well, you know, trade away Zach, you know, what? Like that, those sorts of things like don't make any sense because why wouldn't you have a team? Like, do we need a really good center? Absolutely. But we also can't defend worth shit. So why would we get rid of... Like having a better center that can help Patrick Laine does not necessarily mean that we will win games. Because if you can't defend, we're still going to lose because our goalies are going to get the shit beat out of them. Are we going to lose games by like eight to seven? Yeah, we are. We will have scored way more goals than we do typically because we'll have this great combination. But when you have defensemen that can't defend or aren't strong enough to defend against other high scoring teams on their own, it doesn't make sense. A team is literally like, I'm gonna use another analogy that like people will be weird about, but teams like soup, like you need all <laughs> you need all of the right parts and bits in order for the soup to taste right. And you can't just like take out one part of it to focus on the other half and expect it to taste correctly. Like it's just not gonna work. And also like money is a real thing, humans. Like I need you all to understand that the money aspect of things is real. And like you're seeing this all over the league with teams putting... pretty high value players on waivers because they are having cap space issues. And like, so we can't just be like, oh yeah, we'll just, you know, and Jeremy has explained to me a multitude of times that just because you trade away a player doesn't necessarily mean that you gain their cap space back. Like there are so many stipulations whenever players get moved as to who is paying them still and so all of that to be said maybe check some references before you start before you start throwing thoughts out there and i don't know why i'm mansplaining the internet the internet is just a bunch of people spouting out uninformed opinions (laughs) But maybe it's because I'm mildly sleep deprived and surrounded by baked goods because I'm in the middle of preparing for a delivery weekend that it just upsets me to have to deal with insane humans on the internet. Um, But yeah, and I guess maybe I suggest finding yourself if you want to learn So just finding yourself a best friend that will willingly teach you things, Um, including in the early days when he would literally draw out maps on how playoff brackets worked and points and whatnot, and then hang them around my former apartment.
0: You've come a Uh, long way since the since the point and like trying to figure out like clinching a playoff spot.
1: We
0: have you we truly have. have
1: yelling at people on the internet,
0: <laughs> my last point before we wrap up is definitely agree with you on the money thing. I don't think trading for Jack Eichel when you include Zach Warensky is actually gonna hurt us that bad financially because we're probably gonna have to pay Zach Warensky that much <laughs> money here in the next few years anyway.
1: That was not my point. My point was don't get rid of your defense mant. Your
0: no. most some would argue your most defensively challenged defenseman. Your most offensive defenseman, but is he your best defensive defenseman? We'll talk about that more on, on our episode about the trade deadline.
1: It'll yeah, be a good time. Like, would you like to um do you want to talk about what we hope to see on Saturday, or are we just foregoing this situation?
0: Uh, this episode's currently? probably already an hour. Um, I would say for me, a Saturday playing Florida, love that. Um, I guess like some more of the same energy. Like I would like to see Max and and uh, Patrick like continue to skate together um, because obvi- like, I think that that is more like, and that's, uh, I'm not trying to slander Eric Robinson. Like, I'm just sh- like, I'm sure he played really well. Like on the line, like, like I know I like, it's just like, I think a lot more of that too is like, is max and uh patrick like i think that that has potential like it has a lot of potential um i'm pretty sure the last time patrick scored a goal like he was skating with max so it's like
1: that was 18 games
0: ago yeah i know you have a lot of feelings about it i'm so sorry um nevertheless um it does like i hope to see that throw whoever you want on the wing i still think that. You know, York Strand is going to end up hopefully like when you go through a training camp and like all that kind of stuff like I'm hoping that that just ends up being your first line or if you bring in another piece like that'd be good cool too um so we'll see but that's my biggest thing how about you
1: uh yeah I just want to see the same energy I want them to play like they've played against Tampa and that is to play like a team and to play like they care and to play like they understand that not a single one of these games is a given. Um, Cause I think that that's what they did with Detroit. They just assumed that they were going to go in and, you know, be two easy wins and, you know, be on to Florida. And then we got our asses beat. And so, you know, I just want them to continue playing with this attitude. And I think one of the things that I really liked a lot today with the pregame interviews was what max said um when asked about the quote-unquote new guys on the team and he was like for the most part we've all played almost 40 games um as a team we're not new guys anymore we we are blue jackets and we're you know we are playing for this team we want this team to succeed we want to succeed with our teammates um, and with this organization and for our fans so I'm really you know he was like I'm really tired of being referred to as you know this new guy and it was it was nice to hear that I mean Max like we've said before Max kind of from day one has been I'm a blue jacket. This is what I am right now. But in the past few weeks with him being, with him struggling so much, that sort of passion has dwindled. And to see that come back um, in his attitude and, and to stand up for the other quote unquote new guys that are on the team. Like we have to eventually stop referring to them as that because it's true. They're on the team. They're who is playing They're who we're working with. Like, you know. So yeah, I just want to see um how that goes. I really would prefer if they could keep Wenberg from scoring at all against us. Um, because he scored he scored their overtime winner tonight. Um, I don't know that Anthony Duclair will be playing. He got injured. Um And, you know, Nunavara, I just miss his squishy little face.
0: Yeah, I just miss him for like, I don't miss him as much as I miss the other, well, my God, words, the other two that you mentioned, because for me, the most redeeming quality about Marcus Nunavara was his group of friends that would come like from home. and Wearing the misspelled jerseys. Yeah, they would wear jerseys, and they would, like, all, like, sit in the same section, and they would come to, like, all the games for, like, a certain, like, stretch. Like, it's usually, like, a Blue Jackets home stretch. So, like, obviously, like, it's a long travel, so, like, make the most of your time. Yeah, that's what I miss the most about Marcus Nudevaro. Not that he wasn't a good hockey player, and not that he isn't a good hockey player, but that's probably the part I miss the most. And I
1: just also love that he loves horses.
0: Oh, my God. When <laughs> the horses in the back tweet, so good. So good. Um, So... Yeah, I think like just like looking forward obviously like April 12th is by the time you listen to this 10 days away, which means that the Blue Jackets are gearing up for the trade deadline, which means that Laura and I are working on bringing you all content to listen to as you begin to ponder your, you know, your armchair GM trades that you would make. We're going to have a very special guest on the podcast here in a couple of episodes for our trade deadline special that we're looking to drop on Wednesday. So that would be next Wednesday. Uh, which I is the sixth. I don't know. It's next Wednesday. That's when we're thinking. Um so we'll throw it out there. It's the seventh. It's the seventh. Maybe we'll love you so much that we'll put it out on the sixth. No, not really. It's going out on, on Wednesday. Don't get greedy. Um it's coming out on the seventh. Um so Wednesday the seventh, get excited, get pumped, give you five days to which will actually only leave five days for everything that we said to become obsolete. Like, do you know what I mean? That's my biggest fear. And that's what I'm going to ask my special, or like our special guests, like on the podcast, I think. And, and this we-
1: is, I mean, if you're still listening at this point, this is like a really special guest. Like- Yeah, we're pumped. We feel very privileged to have this person agree to come do an episode with us. Um And we've talked about her before, but my mother is very excited. She has already- internet stalked this person oh and God. <laughs> so she is very excited um and we're very excited this is a very big honor for us and uh yeah we we think this will be an episode that you all like as well
0: very much so but I want to ask our guests I want to say By the time we release this, because we're actually, like, meeting with the guest on Monday, like, and recording the podcast on Monday to release on Wednesday, and one of my questions is, do you think that this episode will be partially obsolete by the time it gets posted? Like, do you think the Blue Jackets are going to do something between Monday and Wednesday? Because that's my biggest fear. (laughs) That's my biggest fear is that, like, we're going to be, like, talk to me about, like, your feelings on, like. Boone Jenner and what what Boone Jenner might do and like where he don't might don't even go. put
1: that into the universe. I'm sorry, it's I'm the first person emotionally that came- in my brain or in my heart ready for that man to not be a blue jacket.
0: This is the first name that came to mind. I'm sorry. Um. So and then why like- did
1: not you just pick David Savard? We've already been talking about David potentially being traded. That's an easier one.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you will take this as my resignation for my failure. It's been great working with you all. Um, no, so um, so yeah, that's my biggest fear, but that'll be exciting. Laura, if you want to wrap us up with the plugs,
1: yeah. Um, follow us on social media. We are at Subjectively Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We are five followers away from getting from being at two hundred Twitter followers. Um, which is very exciting. So hopefully, um, probably not by the next episode, unless I find some random time to start just going on a follow spree, um, which if I do, then that means I've completely imploded my side hustle. So let's hope that that's not what happens. Um, but hopefully by next week, uh, we are up at that number. Um, Instagram has kind of, we, I just haven't had time um so but twitter game very strong so follow us there and then um as jeremy like kind of mentioned earlier rate review and subscribe um to us on whatever podcast platform you were listening to us on um again as always we would love to see a few more uh star ratings on apple podcasts and so if you can scroll down while you're listening and do that for us that would be great Um, but other than that we just really appreciate all of you um, and your support of this little venture and we're very excited for all the fun things that we have coming up so
0: without a doubt well until we get the chance to connect with you all next time which will be Saturday night after a Blue Jackets hopeful win against the Florida Panthers please be well stay safe take care of yourself and we will talk to you then bye